The Cactus Plant Flea Market Box has arrived at McDonald's. Order one and get a unique box with your choice of a Big Mac or 10-piece Chicken McNuggets and get fries, a drink, and one of four collectibles. At participating McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out on the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. You're listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. Okay, we're live, but we got to let the stream breathe just for a few moments while we bring on Facebook. Get the whole MHH fam damnly together here and... We're good. Welcome in, everybody, to the Huddle Up podcast presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle, powered by Overtime Media. I am your host, Chad Jensen, and with me, as always, is my co-host, my partner in crime, my fellow football priest. You know him. You love him. He is Zach Kelberman. Zach, you and I predicted a win this week for your Denver Broncos, and you know, I expected, uh, I predicted Jerry Judy to have a little bit bigger output in terms of production, but nevertheless... I saw big things on the horizon for Drew Locke and company. What's what's your gut reaction off the cuff to Denver beating Carolina 32-27? Let him hate. Let him hate. This is exactly what we thought we would get from the Broncos offense when Drew Locke is managed correctly. Far and away, Chad, by far, Pat Shermer's best game as Broncos offensive coordinator. He was aggressive where he needed to be. He took the chances where he needed to. And also, he worked the short end of the field. Play action, got Locke on the move. It's no coincidence, Chad. Four touchdowns. Locke's best game in a Broncos uniform. And it should put to bed some of the doubts surrounding his upside. We've seen his floor. In Denver, we've seen what he can do in a worst case scenario with the Broncos this season, but rarely have we seen the glimpses of what he can do with his ceiling when his potential is realized. And this is without Noah Fant. This is without Cortland Sutton. This is with a reshuffled offensive line missing Garrett Bowles and DeMar Dotson against a Panthers defense. This is not the Jets, Chad. This is not a horrible, hapless team like the Cowboys on defense. This is a well-coached Carolina team on the road. Denver was playing. Locke went in there found his weapons, made the big throws, and for once, Denver won on the strength of Locke's arm. They won because of Drew, not in spite of Drew. Very encouraging performance, Chad. There are steps forward he's taken this year. This was a massive leap forward for Locke this season. I would say, and people could pick nits here, but I would say this is the closest thing to a full 60-minute performance from Drew Locke that we've seen in his career. For sure. I would argue that his performance against the Texans last year in week 13 was more impressive only because it came against a more competitive team, right? The Texans ended up being the AFC South champs and whatnot, but nevertheless, he really trailed off from the middle of that third quarter on in in Houston, whereas, you know, he made plays in pretty much every quarter. Now, I guess you could argue if we're looking at the actual box score here, I'm looking at the first quarter uh, of play and, you know, he had it, it wasn't perfect. The Broncos didn't get on the board uh, offensively till the second quarter. First quarter, of course, was was uh, Deontay Spencer's big return. But I think this is 
you know, this is a big step in the right direction. And Drew Locke said earlier this week, Zach, that uh, that they were going to the Broncos' offense to, to quote him directly was going to take a big jump in Carolina. And I think Andrew Morrow here on the super chat. Thank you, Andrew. Uh, this is a big reason why he says Melvin Gordon. Did he earn his contract yet? I think so. Once again, Zach, the Broncos got a Herculean contribution from Melvin Gordon, even though it didn't result in, you know, huge prolific right. fantasy stats. We'll go through some of the stats later on, but he was a rock for, for Drew Locke today. He was. And again, $8 million a year. You have to do to me a lot more to justify that, to say he earned that contract, but he definitely ran hard for another week in a row. He pushed the pile forward and he looked like he was excited to be a part of the Broncos. Like he's finally taking charge of that huddle. One more thing about this Broncos victory. No, for any lock hater out there, who's uh, kind of, you know, raining on the parade. This doesn't exonerate Locke's past mistakes, his past losses, his past interceptions. He wasn't technically perfect today, but when you watch Locke against, let's say, the, the the Vegas game or the Chiefs game, and you watch Locke today with different circumstances all working in his favor, game flow, play calling, I've, I saw more play action in this game than I have all season combined. And that's what you have to do with Locke. Get him on the move. Take what's in front of you. I saw screen passes, Chad. I saw Melvin Gordon catch a screen pass. I saw a screen pass go to Fumagalli that should have been a a touchdown. He was a yard short. Those plays work. This is not rocket science. This is not brain surgery. When you handle Locke correctly and you call plays to build and keep him in a rhythm, that's exactly what happens. We cannot wait to get to it. We have so many great comments, a lot of super chats already stacked up. We are, trust me on this, we're going to get to each and every one of your awesome comments, questions, supers here in just a second. First, we do have to handle some quick matters of business, starting with the ultimate stocking stuffer and sponsor of this live stream podcast. Gang, look, if you're trying to figure out what to put in that stocking, Look no further because our sponsors, Manscaped, have the tools to make you win this year's stocking stuffer or maybe it's a white elephant competition. Manscaped is the only brand dedicated to below-the-waist grooming and hygiene products. And great news, they just released their products across Europe, Canada, and Australia. Zach? Yeah, I'm going to show you guys again. Uh, we have the weed whacker here. I'm turning on for you here at Buzzing. It's a grip. It's very solid in your hand. And why why I sh- always show this off, Chad, is because I get a lot of use out of this. I mean, it's one thing to use the lawnmower and to take care of your personal regions, your nether regions. But when it comes to your nose, your face, or at what appearance, you always want to get inside those crevices, whether it's your ears, whether it's your nose. It's so uh, it feels so good in your hand and it works so well. You pop it in there, you press the on button, you twirl it around, hair comes out, you feel better, you breathe better, you look better. It's definitely worth it. I would recommend this to anyone who's in need this holiday season of a grooming kit. Again, it's a phenomenal idea for stocking stuffers. Now, and there's a few of their products for Manscaped that are prime stocking stuffers, including the Crop Preserver, which is a deodorant for down there. The name kind of speaks for itself. The Crop Reviver, which is a toner. It's a spray-on toner that gives down there a little slice of heaven with their aloe vera and hazel extracts. There's the Crop Cleanser, which is a body wash, a full body wash that you can also use on your hair. There's the Crop Mop, which are some wipes. You, you know, you never know when opportunity could strike, so you should be prepared. The Foot Duster, which is a foot deodorant. This is a this is a plague for all men out there trying to keep their feet, which typically sweat quite a bit from being stanky, designed to keep uh, even the stinkiest 
uh, feet from smelling. You got the weed whacker, the nose and ear trimmer, as Zach just showed you there, which also has the proprietary skin safe technology. But let's not forget the best trimmer for everything below the, the, the belt, so to speak, for men. It's the Lawnmower 3.0 trimmer, right, which offers a replaceable ceramic blade with advanced skin safe technology helps reduce the grooming accidents. And I just want to show you guys one thing I love about this thing. All right. I'm turning it on only for a second so you can see the LED light, which illuminates some of those areas when, when you're a dude and maybe you're not as limber as you once were, uh, once were trying to get an eyeball on, on what exactly needs uh, trimming down there. The light helps out a ton. Trust. So these formulations, they're all vegan. They're cruelty-free if this is up your alley. Dye-free, sulfate-free. Uh, paraben free. So, you know, the products are legit, but right now, gang, you can get 20% off plus re, uh, free shipping for that stocking stuffer at manscaped.com. But you got to use the code huddle Zach. So whether it's for your partner, your dad, your brother, your friend, get them something that they'll actually use. And it's almost sure to get a laugh as well when they open that gift up. Yeah, it's Broncos country. You guys know us. Chad and I would never steer you wrong. We would never BS you. This gift and these products genuinely work and they're genuinely quality. Uh, so I would definitely recommend as Chad would to get it right now. 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com with promo code huddle. That's what you have to remember. Promo code huddle. Be the ballsiest, ballsiest gift giver this year with Manscaped. Promo code huddle. We really appreciate Manscaped support as a sponsor of these live streams. They've been phenomenal. This yes. entire football season. All right, a couple quick things. We'll dive in right back into the conversation, gang. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Huddle Up Pod, the main account at Mile High Huddle. My partner's at Kelberman, at Kelberman NFL, myself at Chad and Jensen. And then also check out the merch store. Another idea for stocking stuffers for that MHHer uh, in Broncos country and your family. It's another way to support what we're doing here. Get a trucker hat, get a football priest hat. There's tees, there's golf polos, there's face masks, there's mugs, there's hoodies. There's tank tops. There's a little something for everybody. And it, again, it's another way to support what we're doing here. And also a shout out to our Facebook supporters. We have some huge things coming down the pike for our official Facebook supporters starting January 2021. Some unique content that is going to be designated for your eyes only if you are a Facebook supporter. If you want to uh, get in on that and support what we're doing here at MHH, just go to our page, facebook.com slash milehighhuddle. Click the big blue button that says become a supporter. You're in like Flynn. If you can't do those things, if you can't patronize the merch store or become an a, a official supporter or Super Chat Superstar, it's all good. You're supporting us right now by just being with us, by listening, by watching. We do ask each one of you, though, do these three things. It's within your power. Subscribe, like this video. It's crucial. And then share it out there. That's the litmus test. If Zach and I are doing a good job for you, share this video out there and help us continue to grow and reach new like-minded Broncos fans just like you. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. As an Alliant Energy representative, I really enjoy helping businesses save. Today, I visited a business that asked for a free energy audit. After walking through their facility, I let the customers know how much money and energy they could be saving. Plus, I gave them an action plan detailing how to improve their energy efficiency. I showed them how they could save even more with rebates from Alliant Energy on equipment upgrades. If you are interested in saving energy and money, schedule a free energy audit at AlliantEnergy.com slash energy audit. Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site. 
out on the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500, or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC, we are professional grade. Man, it feels nice to celebrate a Broncos win, and what better way to do that than with Coors Hard Seltzer, because this is not your average seltzer, gang. Rooted in Coors' long history of sustainability is a brand inspired by a generation that wants to do good in the world with a mission to restore America's rivers. Never before has it been so easy to make a difference, make an impact, be an activist, and never before has it been so enjoyable. Coors Hard Seltzer is launching the world's easiest volunteer program. Whatever you're doing, by simply cracking open a can of Coors Hard Seltzer, you're volunteering. Our waterways, gang, are at risk. 80% of America's rivers, they're drying up. But through a partnership with Change the Course, Coors Hard Seltzer is helping to protect and restore America's rivers. Each 12-pack of Coors Hard Seltzer, here's how it works, restores 500 gallons of fresh water to U.S. rivers and the communities that depend on them. And the results, 1 billion gallons of water restored to 16 river basins across the U.S., including the Colorado River. And that's just year one. You get four refreshing flavors, one cool cause, enjoy naturally flavored black cherry, mango, lemon lime, or my favorite, grapefruit, and the specs are in, gang. Coors Hard Seltzer is 4.5% ABV, and Zach, it's only 90 calories. Man, Chad, I am hyped. After a big quality Broncos victory, I'm celebrating with my Coors Hard Seltzer. I got my mango flavor. It's my personal favorite. Combining football and Coors Seltzer is the way to go for any football fan, Chad. So join the world's easiest volunteer program by simply drinking Coors Hard Seltzer. You can volunteer to restore America's rivers. You buy Coors Hard Seltzer. You help restore 500 gallons of water into America's rivers. It's really that simple. So visit CoorsSeltzer.com to find Coors Hard Seltzer near you. That's CoorsSeltzer.com. For every 12-pack sold through 831-2021, Coors will purchase services from Change the Course to restore 500 gallons of fresh river water. Details at CoorsSeltzer.com. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Fort Worth, Texas. All right, John, I know we've uh, we got to get right back into the chat stream. So you've got, I think, some screenshots. The stream jumped. Um, we got to grab Tom, Chris, and Eddie. What do you have for us there? I can I can reverse engineer it if we need to as well. Zach, while John's getting that figured out, uh, what were your thoughts on how the offensive line ultimately shook out with the weird changes that took place on game day? Well, I was a little concerned because on that uh, big lock sack fumble, it was Elijah Wilkinson at fault. Some Broncos fans pointed to Cushionberry, but Cushionberry was taking his inside guy. That was his responsibility. Wilkinson turned inside and left the outside vulnerable. Uh, the second half, though, Chad, I thought the Broncos O-line did a much better job. Natani Muti was incredible today. And unfortunately, Denver is stuck with Graham Glasgow's contract for next season. But Muti really is the future at right guard. Very impressed with him today. Also, Calvin Anderson at left tackle. I mean, stepping in for Garrett Bowles on Drew Locke's blind side, he really did not allow much pressure. Overall, they, they made good blocks in the running game. But I got to give credit, it's going to seem very foreign right now, to Pat Shermer for scheming away from the deficiencies on the offensive line. Down DeMar Dotson, down Garrett Bowles. You had play action, quick passes over the middle, got the ball out of Locke's hands, especially after that fumble. When it all works together, Chad, it really can be beautiful. Tom, appreciate you, my friend. He says, uh, balls out MVP today was Locke. Uh, 
demand guys. Appreciate you, my friend. I agree. Drew Locke was the MVP career high for passing touchdowns today, Zach. And I think his previous career high was in, in that Texans game in which he passed for three and went over 300. Now today, Drew Locke finished with uh, 280 passing yards. He went 21 to 27. Very efficient day through the air. The four scores and a quarterback rating of 149.5, which is definitely a career high, even better than that game against the Texans. And, you know, I'd love to say it was a perfect game from Locke, but that one giveaway, the fumble, he still goes a game. He didn't throw a pick, and that's lovely. That's encouraging. That's confidence-inspiring. It's exciting. But he still managed to give the ball away on a fumble. At some point, as much as I love Locke, and I don't want to detract from a big day from him today, but he's just got to stop being as as loosey goosey with the ball. He, he took a lot of steps forward in that today. But you know, and you can't blame him quite as much. I understand that when it's a sack. But hey, man, if you got two hands on the ball, your job is to protect that sucker. It wasn't just a sack, though. I mean, he was lit up as soon as he looked up, Chad, when he dropped back to pass. I'm with you. He has to have recognition when he's going to take the hits and maybe clutch the ball a little tighter. But when you're blowing up like that, when Wilkinson fails you and you have two free rushers in your face, you know, I can't fault him. I'm just happy no interceptions. That was another step forward for Locke today, and it's progression and not regression. A super chat from one of the superstars in our community, 24-year veteran of the Air Force. You guys know him. I'm sure you love him as much as we do. Chris Hernandez and his game day super chats. As he is so kind and, and generous with his supers. On game day, it's always symbolic of the points the Broncos put on the board. So today, this is a very generous super from Chris, and we appreciate you, and we, and we love you, my friend. His comment is, solid game overall. Pretty happy with the coaching. Great win. Go Broncos. Hashtag Click those little thumbs up. That's right, gang. If you're on YouTube and Facebook right now, make sure you like this video. Zach, it was encouraging to see some of the steps forward uh, tactically from both Shermer and Fangio, but I'm not going to lie. I was getting a little worried there in the fourth quarter with Fangio's defense just allowing 75-yard scoring drive after 75-yard scoring drive Teddy Bridgewater. But in the clutch, when the chips were down, they got to stop. And – Here's what's interesting about that, Zach, is Vic Fangio's defense, since he's come to Denver, has more often than not in those situations given up the drive, right? They've relinquished. They couldn't get off the field in the key moment. And this today, though, they managed to do it. I mean, even this, earlier this season, when you're going against the Tennessee Titans, all right, Fangio makes some, some boneheaded decisions with clock management and whatnot. But nevertheless, that defense had a chance to preserve a lead and, and get the win if they could get Ryan Tannehill and everybody off the field They couldn't do it. I mean, think back to 2019, so many final drives in which the Broncos had a lead and they relinquished it. So it was so encouraging to see him and that defense come up with the play. And I loved that it was Bosby at the end of the game on the the pass, not pass breakup, but the tackle stopping him short. He had his hand in a few plays this game, Chad, and it seems like him and Demarcus Walker are just always around the football. They're just always making plays. And it sucks for Bosby that it took five cornerback losses and that the latest being Duke Dawson, who looks like he's out for the year with a, uh, a lower body injury, for him to get on the field. But this is where he belongs. He really just thrives in a Fangio system. He's built the right way. He has the right mentality. He's not afraid to tackle. All those rumors about him being tentative to tackle, those dissipated to me. Uh, today, watching Bosby on the field today, he's really a solid cornerback, and he has a long-term future, I think, in Denver. Very happy to see him on the field making plays as he usually does. 
I tweeted during the game, and I said the same in our game thread, the live blog, the uh, open thread, which we do at milehighhuddle.com, each and every game day dating back eight, seven, eight years now, that, look, I want someone to give me a, a real reason why Devontae Bosby has not been on the field all year long that doesn't make Vic Fangio and Ed Donatel look bad. Because when the dude is on the field, for the Broncos anyway, he has made a difference. He has made an impact, and I still don't understand it. Matthew Smith up there in Canada jumping in. Thank you, Matthew. Uh, Make sure you connect with us on Twitter because we want to be able to shout you out and all of our Super Chat superstars on Twitter after the show. He says, Locke looked activated. Real test is next week, but I want to see Locke next year. He's got the skill set, just needs those bad habits coached out of him, Zach. There's no real test. And I got this question or this comment on Twitter a lot. It's just the Panthers. I don't give a damn if he's playing Coastal Carolina. He's still playing a team that was out to defeat him. And not only did he play well, he dominated for the most part this game with four passing touchdowns. The real test for Locke is every single week, either him taking steps forward or backward, either improving or or getting worse. And today he took a massive leap forward based on what we saw last week and the weeks prior. So, you can downplay it if you're not a huge Locke fan, if you're not sold on him for 2021. But eventually, as I'm doing at least with Pat Shermer, you got to tip your cap where it's warranted. He really showed what he's capable of today. And you know what? He made the throws. Gordon made the runs. Hamler and Judy made the catches. Pat Shermer called the right plays. This was always the plan. With or without Cortland Sutton, with or without Noah Fan, who got injured again, this was always the ceiling or scraping it of the Broncos offense. And it's nice to see it finally come together, if only for one game. Eddie Vasquez, good to see you, my friend, in the stream. He was uh, surprised to see Will Parks on the field today. And I was like, yeah, yeah, dude, Will Parks, he's he's back with the Broncos. You mean Atwater. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, rocking the 27. What a tri- I mean, if you're a safety that gets to wear 27 in Denver, uh, you know, that's like being a quarterback and wearing the number seven in Denver, which would never happen, of course, because it's, it's a retired number. But – just a lot of juice, you know, a lot of responsibility comes with wearing that number. Similarly to Philip Lindsay picking up the phone, calling Terrell Davis, even though he didn't have to say, Hey, can I wear 30? But nevertheless, uh, Will Parks balled out today. Shermer is Eddie. Appreciate you, Eddie. You know, we love you, buddy. He says, Shermer and Locke did it right today. Still don't understand running Lindsay up the middle and not having a pass rush much of the second half. Yeah, Lindsey, to me, Zach, I know he's supposedly healthy and he practiced in full every single day this week. He was a full participant, but he still looks like he's not healthy from that knee, right? Remember coming out of the, what was it, the the, the Saints game, right? The atrocity of, of that Saints game. He had the injury to his knee that there were some worries, at least Sunday night and going into Monday morning, that it could be season ending. Ended up not being. He played the next week. He played today. To me, he still looks like he's missing some burst, like that knee's still bugging him. Could be the toe as well. I I mean, he's been pretty banged up this year, but that's the one gripe, I guess, if there is one for the Broncos coaching and Pat Shermer, is how many times are they going to run Lindsey up the middle into a brick wall for either one yard or no yard before they abandoned that concept? Is it 200 times, 1,000 times, 5,000 times? It's almost every other play on offense. Run him outside. Throw him a screen pass. Line him up in the slot. He caught a ball today, Chad. He proved his hands work. He proved he can catch passes, give him the ball in space, and let him use his his speed and natural ability. That's the one area consistently where Pat Shermer, almost like he has a vendetta against Philip Lindsay, almost like he's been told, listen, Melvin Gordon, we're paying him what we're paying him. Lindsay, we're paying him what we're paying him. Treat Gordon one way and treat Lindsay another. To me, it's still baffling. 
for what it's worth, Lindsey caught two balls today. Oh, he was targeted twice, caught them both. Only seven yards receiving, but I, I concur. I, I thought he couldn't catch past the show. That's what I was told. His hands don't work. Smith Corona jumping in with a very generous super. Appreciate you, my friend. He says, I was hating on Locke last week, but got to give him and the offense props considering the O-line shuffling and the loss of Fant. Good point, Smith Corona. And again, thank you for your support and generosity, my friend. Zach, no offense, started this game, and it was bad news for me on my fantasy team because I started him today. But he, he pieced out to the locker room uh, toward the end of the first quarter, apparently battling an illness. It wouldn't be surprising that, to, to learn it's the same illness that's, that cost Garrett Bowles the first start of his career. But, yeah, Drew Locke, give him his props, man. He's, there were still some times, like we talked about, uh, during the halftime rapid reaction uh, stream, Zach, where – Locke kind of seems still a little disjointed, kind of lacking some fluidity, not, you know, just things not perfectly clicking, but he really put his, his pedal to the metal from, I would say the last five minutes of the second quarter through the end of the game. Listen, his passer rating in this game was 149.5. A perfect passer rating in the NFL is 158.3. He went 21 to 27 for 280. He averaged 10.4 yards in the air and had four touchdowns. And that last one, the handler, the dagger, Chad, it was just a beautifully thrown ball, beautiful play call. You're starting to see what Locke can be in this offense, given some time and given the expression you use, time on task. And you add that with, I see the comments, drink every time I mention Shermer, with Pat Shermer calling the right game for him. This is what he can do without Noah Fant, without Sutton, with a reshuffled offensive line. It's just the talent Locke brings to the table that Rippin or Blake Bortles or Jeff Driscoll just do not have. Bronco Batman, good to see you, my friend, jumping in with a super chat. Appreciate you, Bronco Batman. He says, great win. Locke took a step forward. Let's Go. He did take a step forward, undoubtedly. Let's grab this extremely wow. generous super from Pobby, the as she is known in our community as the princess of, of MHH. You, and wow. Extremely generous support here of MHH and the channel and the podcast. And much love to you, Pobby, and your cute niece that's in your profile pic there on YouTube. What a doll. She says, does Pobby, what a game, what a win. Absolutely enjoyed the game. Go Broncos, Zach, just phenomenal support from the community. We're only a few minutes into this stream. But, yeah, it was a fun game to watch right. because it was, you know, it was back and forth, back and forth. You got a, a punt return, multiple passing touchdowns. You got sacks for the defense. No takeaways, unfortunately. But, nevertheless, it was a very entertaining game. And the best thing about it, it ends in triumph. Yeah, we were all kind of puckering. I think we were all tight, <laughs> tightening up the last couple five minutes of the game or so. But yeah, on offense especially, Pablo, you nailed it. It was a fun game, an enjoyable game to watch. You you anticipated the Broncos getting the ball back and not, oh, here we go again with Locke and the Broncos offense. You wanted to see what they could do and build off uh, the scoring plays they were putting together. So yeah, I love it for Broncos country. That's sincere. It's not BS. I love when uh, the Broncos can deliver their fans, greatest fans in the world, a victory. It's even better, though, when the victory is a quality win, a four-quarter win like you saw today. Much love to you, Bobby. Really means the world to us. Thank you, my friend. All right, guys, we got a lot more to get to. We are just scratching the surface, but we do have to also tip our cap to another one of tonight's live stream pod sponsors, sportsbetting.com. Gambling is legal in the state of Colorado. You got to take a look at sportsbetting.com if that is something you're into fantasy sports, online sports betting, it's all really coalesced in 2020 to just add enjoyment and additional layers of excitement 
for football fans. But you gotta, if you're gonna do online sports betting, you gotta use sportsbetting.com. And this is why you get sharp odds, low juice, because they have their own in-house bookmakers. They are not a third-party provider of odds. Plus, you get hassle-free bonuses. What does that mean? That bonus money is yours after you get it one time, which compared to some of the other sites out there, you got to bet it five to 30 times before you can actually access it and use it. Plus, you get 24-7 live customer support, and it's always a real person in the United States. But the kicker is this. Pay close attention here, gang, because at sportsbetting.com right now, you get a 100% risk-free week of sports betting up to a 1000 bucks, And it's not just one bet. It's all of your bets, the way it works. You play for a week. You make your bets. If your losses exceed your winnings, at the end of the week, sportsbetting.com will cover 100% of the difference up to $1,000. And you can roll it over after one time. So head on over to sportsbetting.com slash milehighhuddle. That's sportsbetting.com slash milehighhuddle. And capitalize on a risk-free week of sports betting up to $1,000. And then we also have a giveaway related to sportsbetting.com that we are going to unveil tomorrow. So what we want you you guys to do is, if you are one of the great members of our community that is patronizing this sponsor here of sportsbetting.com, we want you to reach out to us on Twitter. We want you to either DM us or add us on Twitter because your name is going to go, if you've created an account at sportsbetting.com, your name is going to go into a hat and we're going to do a random giveaway drawing tomorrow where you're going to get some free dollars to get out there and and bet with additionally at sportsbetting.com. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site out on the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500, or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at woodhousebuickgmc.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC, we are professional grade. As an Alliant Energy representative, I really enjoy helping businesses save. Today, I visited a business that asked for a free energy audit. After walking through their facility, I let the customers know how much money and energy they could be saving. Plus, I gave them an action plan detailing how to improve their energy efficiency. I showed them how they could save even more with rebates from Alliant Energy on equipment upgrades. If you are interested in saving energy and money, schedule a free energy audit at AlliantEnergy.com slash energy audit. All right, John, uh, let's see what we have next here. Uh, as as we figure out just the stream is on fire today. Um, Zach, your thoughts on Bradley Chubb. He got close a couple of times. And in fact, on two of those sacks, he was involved. But as I'm looking here at the box score, the way it was actually credited, Bradley Chubb, let me double check. So I want to make sure. Yeah, he, he wasn't, he didn't end up getting even a half sack on either of those two he was involved in. Although both of them, he, he he deserved at least a half sack. He should have come out of this with one sack. Pressure is production, though. And he was right there. I mean, you can say he should have split it with Demarcus Walker, even though I thought Walker was there first. But Chubb is always impacting the play. And it doesn't have to end with a sack. Like a, a successful pass for a quarterback doesn't have to end with a touchdown. He can do things to help out the defense. Uh, Tashu had a good game. Uh, Draymond Jones had a good game. Demarcus Walker had a good game. So he's doing things to help out his teammates. He's not going to always get there. Far and away, though, this season was a massive victory for Bradley Chubb, who looks right back to being the Bradley Chubb of old. Uh, Trevor Pierce on YouTube says, how about Drew Effin Locke? 21, 27, 
77% completion, 280 yards, four touchdowns, no picks, silencing the haters like, bam, that's why you got to stay patient. The dude has the skills. Patience is key. Zach, I would concur that, uh, you know, this is a good example of why you you, you don't want to jump to conclusions. And, you know, we sh- we reshared a, a meme that was going around last week that was basically comparing Drew Locke, his first 14 starts to Josh Allen in Buffalo. And, you know, a lot of people jumped on us, even a lot of our friends and colleagues in the biz that, Hey man, you, if you're going to compare Drew Locke's first 14 to Josh Allen, then why don't you compare him also to so many quarterbacks in their first 14 with similar stats that ended up busting out of the NFL. Yeah. But it's just another example. What we're trying to portray there is quit running, quit being so quick to run to the cliff and, and jump to the conclusions because sometimes you jump off that cliff there's no going back. You're Wiley Coyote. You're 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 dropping to the bottom of that that uh, canyon. And this is the same process we've been harping on for months now. You're going to see the bad games like the game against the Raiders, but you're going to see a very valiant and productive effort like you saw today uh, against the Panthers. This is part of the QB process, guys. This is what I'm saying and Chad's been saying for weeks, if not months now. You have to trust it. You have to be willing to go through the bad to get to the good. And again, it didn't make him a pro bowler or maybe even the franchise quarterback for the future, but it was a leap forward. It was a four-quarter effort, and dare I say, for the most part, is Locke getting better as the season's going on? Can we say that? If that's the case, that's all we wanted was steps in the right direction, and today it wasn't just a step. It was a jump forward, big time. Long-time listener of this show, long-time superstar in our community, dedicated Broncos fan, dedicated supporter of MHH. Much love to you, Dylan. He says, if Drew continues this momentum into the Bills game, I'll be completely sold on him, still on the fence as of now. And that's fine. That's fair. I don't think that's – I think that's a fair assessment. If, if if you were – you know, if you had really soured on Drew, this was a big step to kind of go, all right, I'll give the, I'll give the kid more of a, the, the, the continued, I should say, benefit of the doubt. But it's just ironic, Zach, that now he's going up against the quarterback next week that he has yeah. been so recently so often compared to. And so what, though? If he doesn't throw another four touchdowns, this game becomes invalidated. It doesn't matter what he did, and he's a, suddenly a bust again. This is why, to harp on your previous point, you can't react or overreact to every little step along the way. Sometimes you have to be patient and be like, okay, let me step back and reassess this in a few steps from now, a few months from now. Let Locke play the Buffalo game and the games that follow and then form an opinion at the end of the year. If he has a bad game next week, it doesn't mean his good game this week is overrided or overruled. Jess jumping in. Love you, buddy. Good to see you. One of our superstars, longtime listener. He says, Oh, W with all those injuries. Let's go. Excellent, excellent point. The Broncos did overcome a lot injury wise and then the illnesses and whatnot. I mean, Graham Glasgow, not having him for another game, I wouldn't say he's been a bust, but he certainly hasn't lived up to the contract the Broncos gave him. And I'm like you, Natani Muti looked good out there today at right guard. No evident, obvious snafus on his part where he succumbed to pressure or, you know, missed a block, at least on first viewing. Obviously, we won't get a look at the All-22 tape until Tuesday. But, man, Natani Muti, if that's how it's going to go, man, sign me up. You know, and he's at a fraction of the cost. Naj jumping in with a very generous super. Love you, bro. Thank you, Naj. says, brothers, fantastic win. A great game called by Shermer. Locke played a spectacular game, and the defense sealed it. Love seeing the screens finally. Nice game for Gordon as well. Zach, it was a veritable proliferation 
of screens. And I shudder to imagine, <clears throat> excuse me, what that fought, that that long Troy Fumagalli screen that was first rolled a touchdown and then called back to the two yard line. That would have been a TD if it's Noah Fant catching yeah. that screen. That's a good point. Yeah, and I just I love that he mixed it up. I love that it seemed like for once Shermer actually did his homework. <laughs> and it's pretty sad to say on December 13th, but it seemed like for once he was game planning for an opponent and using his opponent's weaknesses to his advantage. I want to see more of that. Where has this been? The running back screen, tight end screens, quick hitters, high percentage passes. This is Locke's game. And this is what sets up the Hamler touchdowns. It's what sets up the deep balls. Shermer called a great game, but if we say the same thing about Locke, Chad, the same thing goes for Shermer. I want to see it again next week. How about that, Lock haters? I want to see Shermer call a good game again next week, and then I'll be sold. Works both ways. Mark Langley, just a, a man. You want to talk about platonic love that we have for Mark Langley. This man is a longtime listener, dedicated supporter, and just a huge Broncos fan, and another guy that embodies the and personifies the hashtag state of being out there in Georgia. Appreciate you, Mark. He says, what's up, my guys? Now, that's what I'm talking about, hashtag Chemistry, hashtag tight end screen, does the job, hashtag lock, you know, okay, yes, indeed, it was great to see, I can't, I can't lie, things started clicking, and what's, what's exciting, even more so, if you think about it, Zach, is that, again, there were times and stretches in this game where the offense wasn't in a perfect flow, again, lock kind of looked disjointed at times, and they still managed to put up 32 points, you know, granted, one of those was a, a punt return from uh, from Deontay Spencer, but Locke throws four touchdowns. I mean, on the ground, I'll just give you a quick preview here. Melvin Gordon went for 68. Lindsey went for 24. So it's at 92, so 96. So they came up just short of a 100-yard rushing game without three starters. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's – and the Panthers, I believe they were pretty solid on the ground. So for Melvin Gordon to keep churning the yards and Locke to keep the plays alive, it was just an all-around good offensive effort. And it kind of shows you can transcend – crappy blocking or less than you know great blocking if you have the proper play calling and the proper quarterbacking so very encouraging effort all around this is the overtime podcast network not long ago everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl not anymore the biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children changing their names clothes identities and bodies Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. 
Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Pickle Ian jumping back in on Super Chat. Really appreciate that, my friend. This was a question that he had during our rapid reaction halftime stream, which we didn't really have a lot of time uh, to, to go into. So thank you for not only reminding us, but supporting the cause with another Super Chat. He says, so we won. Kansas City beat Miami to keep us alive. Let's talk about it, guys. Can we make the seven seed? All right. Appreciate you again, Ian. Let's take a, a look here. And Zach, I'm going to go off screen and try and blow this up. You tell me how it looks, okay? We'll, we'll just go straight to the AFC as big as we can get it. Um, all right. So you got the Chiefs clinched and the Steelers clinched, all right? And then there are five playoff berths available in the following order. You got the Bills, three, Titans, four, five to the Browns, six to the Colts, and then seven to the Dolphins, but they just lost. So wait, let me let me make sure this is – I'm doing the math here right. So, yeah, so that's 13 games. So it does count today. So there, there's the top seven if the playoffs started tomorrow. All right, on the bubble, you got the Raiders chilling at number eight. You got the Ravens at nine. I can't believe the Ravens have fallen this far out of the, out of the playoff picture. That's quite a shock. Um, then you got the Patriots at 10. Six and seven, then the Broncos at 11 at five and eight. So, I mean, you look at these teams, uh, the only team on this schedule that, well, I guess you could say the Bills, but they're, they're pretty much in it with not enough games left to go to, to blow it in terms of the Broncos. So, you got the Raiders, Zach, or the next team on this, or the only team on the schedule remaining in which the Broncos could really make a leap, but you need the Patriots to, who haven't played yet this week, or have, no, they have, let's see, six and seven. Thursday, they lost. That's right. They did play already this week. So that's current. So six and seven, the Ravens, and then, of course, the the Raiders. So it's, you know, three games left to go. If the Broncos win out, they definitely have a shot, I think, at that seventh playoff seed over here, uh, which the Dolphins currently own. But it's going to take a yeah. comedy of other factors outside their control for that to happen. But all they can focus on, Zach, is winning out. If you go game by game, win out then it's possible, but even then, it's not guaranteed. Right. It, it, it's going to take a massive uh, blessing from the football gods for the Broncos to get in the playoff field. They have to win out and get some help. But you know what? If they win out or even go 3-1 and one, or if they have a good stretch of victories, that's more. That's arguably more important to take into the offseason. Positive momentum, something you can build on. And what a lot of fans fail to realize, playoffs or not, the Broncos have a very big young nucleus. They have a core uh, talent chat on offense and defense and the future is a lot brighter even on offense than most fans realize even if they don't make it for what they've done in an injury ruined pandemic more year um on defense now on offense is worth praising and if Locke can establish himself going forward with this type of effort i want to see that going into the offseason well said jeff hepner jumping in thank you jeff a name we don't recognize on super chat so welcome thank you appreciate you Love you guys. Don't get to listen live often. I think Locke is our future with proper coaching, and the haters can shut up. Yep. Hey, we love you too, Jeff. Uh, thanks for uh, showing some love here. 
make sure you connect with us on Twitter. If you have a Twitter account, and if you don't go create a Twitter account and connect with us. And it's another way to keep the conversation going in between streams, but yeah, the, the lock haters, I mean, even those, you know, we'll say it in the most generous sense. All right. Even in Broncos country, the, the fans who were completely off the, the lock wagon, they kind of had to take a step back today, Zach. Let them hate. That's why the hashtag is born, Chad. Let them hate. They'll see. They'll come around. Mr. Castillo jumping in. Good to see you, my friend. If you're on Twitter, reach out because I look for you each and every night and try and find you to tag you. And I, there's a lot of Castillos out there. There's a lot of Mr. Castillos on, on Twitter, but I don't know who's who and if that's you or if you're even on Twitter. So reach out and let us know. But he says the attention put on Judy by the Panthers defense shows his worth as a first round pick at least three times covered by three or four defenders leading to big plays. And the, the television broadcast did a great job, Zach, of illustrating one of those plays. That was a 31 yard connection to Tim Patrick in which Judy's route just cleared out, as he says here, three or four different defenders and just opened it up wide for for Patrick. And, you know, you look at, at Judy's final stat line today. Uh, he ended up being targeted four times, so exactly the same number as last week, but he caught two of them for 42 yards, finished third on the team with 42 yards receiving. The star of the day receiving was K.J. Hamler, who had two catches. Both of them were touchdowns, 86 yards. I was going to say the thing that makes him a first-round pick, the thing that, you know, the reason the Broncos drafted him 15 overall, his route running. If you watch his footwork off the line, that 31-yard catch that Judy had, uh, he owned his cornerback. He embarrassed him. What he can do with his feet and creating separation and getting open, this is why he was frustrated. This is why he spoke out. This is why he wants the ball. It doesn't make him a diva. It makes him a very talented guy who can do a lot more than what he was doing. We saw a little glimpse with the ball in his hands today, but it's encouraging that K.J. Hamler got involved. The Broncos are finally using their young talent to Locke's advantage. We got Cody Potter jumping in, one of our superstars. Appreciate you, my friend. It's good to see you. He says, lock to Hamler, first deep ball touchdown in a while. Let him hate. Agreed, my friend. It was really sweet to see. One of them was 37 yards. One of them was basically 50 yards or so. And, yeah, it was – I mean, you finally saw Pat Shermer, Zach. Here we are sitting in week 14 of of the 2020 campaign, learning, figuring out how to utilize – that speed of Hamler's, which as you saw today, takes the top off. No one can run with it's like him and, and and Tyreek Hill are similar in that no corner, no DB, no safety can run with him. He's learning that KJ Hamler's fast. He's learning that high percentage passes work. He's working that screens work. I mean, it's it's sad that it's taken all these losses and until December thirteenth, but at least we saw it today when it all comes together how harmonious the, the entire process can look, Chad. John, do we have NH5? If not, I can reverse engineer it. And then we got KR from the top rope. Here she is. Wow. Very, wow. very extremely generous. And everyone knows how much Christy means That's why she's to, the queen. to MHH Indy. That's why she's the queen. And it just humbles us and, Thank you and so blows, much, Christy. blows our mind, yeah. Zach. And, uh, again, Christy's been with us a long time as, a, as an MHH supporter. She just week in, week out. And she she's the best. Put, top rope and sometimes it, it's so overwhelming to to me that i'll sit here and stammer on a live broadcast in front of tens of thousands of people when it's all said and done but christy we love you yes thank you so much christy hope your daughter's recovering well from everything by the way and here's what christy says the glimmer of hope and also what broncos country saw in drew lock from the start i can't give up hope on lock after seeing what he can do maybe it takes him a little more time to get it going but he played today. 
So did the rest of the team. Love. Thanks, guys. Well said. Well said. I mean, I told you guys last week uh, in between the Chiefs and this Panthers game that, you know, if push came to shove right now, if you asked me to make a decision and I was in that front office, you know, GM for a day, I'm giving Locke 2021. Today only bolstered that opinion. I mean, I think he just needs more time on task with Shermer and this collection of talent. And I think you'll start seeing performances that are a little bit more close consistently to what you saw today. Maybe it's not four touchdowns week in, week out, but closer to what you saw today. It doesn't have to be four touchdowns. And that's something we've been saying for at least a couple of years since we've been doing this podcast actually together, Chad. They don't have to have an all-star quarterback behind center. It would be great to have four touchdowns every week, but just competent quarterbacking, competent play calling with this defense and what they can do, it's a recipe for success. And if you guys don't take it from Chad and I, take it from Christy. We are your football priest. She is the Broncos queen. She knows what she's talking about. And that take is spot on, Chad. Give him time. It was always a process. It was never going to be smooth. It was always going to be bumpy. We've seen the bumps now. Now we're reaping the rewards. Now we're going up on that roller coaster again after weeks of kind of being down. Amen. Zeus McPeak, another top rope. Um, Found his Again, this is, this is a, a guy who is showing you right now why if you look up through the thin air to MHH Mount Rushmore, you can peer through the clouds and make out the first face etched up there is Zeus McPeak. Love you, bro. Appreciate you so much. He says, go Broncos. Great game. And Zach, one thing to piggyback on, while we still have Zeus here on the screen with us, is, look, Drew Locke today, not only did he put up some volume, put up some numbers, but it was actually quite a gritty performance, not because he necessarily had to overcome, you know, multiple picks and, you know, a three-score deficit in the fourth quarter or something, but because the Panthers actually beat the living snot out of this dude, and it wasn't always because it was just mass pressure. They did a pretty good job for the most part, all things considered, up front protecting him. It was just, you know, runs here, scrambled there, and they teed off on him, man. He took a lot of big hits today. Brian Burns is a stud out there in Carolina. They really have a great pass rusher. Um, let me just dispel something for the lock haters. One more thing. Injury-prone guys, they don't get up from some of those hits he took today. I mean, he's coming off. He still has a bum shoulder. He has bad ribs, and he was out there taking abuse and getting up. And like you said it perfectly, Chad, gritting out an impressive victory. It, it wasn't just you know, a, a, a one touchdown, 150-yard game. I mean, he this, it was the first time he hasn't thrown a pick since week two. And not just that, he added four touchdowns. He was the reason the Broncos won this game. That is the most encouraging aspect of today's performance. Well said. NH5 jumping in on Super Chat. Thank you, my friend. And NH5, if you are on Twitter, reach out to us because I just have to type your name. I can't tag you. I can't find an NH5 on Twitter. But thank you, my friend. He says, thanks for the, uh, the stream tip, guys. Good win. Drew played well. I hope to see this play carry over. That was fun to see KJ go off. Solid run game once again as well. Thanks. The stream tip, I'm not sure what he means by Crack that. Crack streams. Oh, yes. yes that's right. Yep, yep. Yeah, that, that was clutch. Yep, that was clutch. But, yeah, KJ, what are your, what are your, um, what are your takeaways from what you saw from KJ today? This is why he was drafted, was it not? I mean, if not for his speed and for his game-breaking ability, this is why he was a second-round draft pick. And 
when they made that selection, you and I literally looked at each other. I believe we were recording or we were setting up or, or we were communicating and we were like, why would they do this? Why would we, they spend another uh, draft pick on a receiver? But this is why when you pair KJ Hamler with Jerry Judy, okay, on a day they don't have no offense, a day that Judy doesn't go off, you have KJ Hamler popping off. This is what he can do to a defense. And for years, we were screaming and begging and pleading for that juice. We thought we'd get it with Carlos Henderson, Isaiah McKenzie. That didn't happen. We finally have it now, or the Broncos do anyway, with K.J. Hamler. And Pat Shermer is utilizing or recognizing his speed, and Locke is getting him the football. And when all those things align, Chad, in that perfect triangle, it really is beautiful to witness. Dennis Woods jumping in, one of our superstars. He's up in, in Michigan. Love you, buddy. Good to see you. Rocking the MHH dad hat. Like a, a, a dad and boss. Good spot on him. what he's saying here. Loved seeing Hamler do what we drafted him for. Right. Yeah. I mean, look, Zach and I were uh, critical of the decision, not because we didn't like Hamler, not because we didn't think he was a good player, but we were critical of, dis- of the decision to double up on receivers with their first two picks. And in order for that critical kind of um, hue to go away from this pick, you need to start getting production out of Hamler. And, I guess it's better late than never, but today, man, this was phenomenal. He now has three touchdowns on the season, and, of course, two of them come today. Both of them were game-changing plays. And it's just enticing when you think about next season, Chad, when the Broncos have their collective all healthy. You add Jerry Judy and K.J. Hamler to Noah Fant, to Melvin Gordon, to Philip Lindsay, and then Cortland Sutton. What we said before the season is what I'm going to say now. How do you cover all these guys? With improved quarterbacking, if Locke is, takes this momentum into next season, the Broncos' offense, their passing game anyway, can truly be explosive. It's mouth-watering to think about what it could be. We've got Luke Cooper jumping in. Appreciate you, Luke. Make sure you reach out to us and connect on social media. He says, I was at the game. What a game for Locke and Shermer. Loved all the play calls and the poise by Locke. Hopefully a start of good things to yep. come. Well, hey, man, what an experience for you to to be there to see Locks. I, I wouldn't necessarily call it a coming out party quite yet. We don't know if that's what it's going to end up kind of signaling or ushering in, but it was a silence haters type of game today. And, you know, we just got to we got to see him continue to take these steps in the final quarter. I mean, if he plays even close to this kind of performance in the remaining games, there's no doubt. There's no doubt. John Elway will go, all right, uh, evaluation on Locke confirmed. He's our guy for 2021. And the pressure is going to be on next year to win because odds are they're not going to make the playoffs. We know this this year. And last next year is the last year on John Elway's deal. It's going to be big time put up or shut up situation. Maybe we'll get a resolution on ownership by the time the 2021 regular season rolls around. Whatever it shakes out on that side of things, that 2021 season could be John Elway's last hurrah as the top football executive in Denver and Drew Locke, you know, let's, let's face it. If Drew Locke does develop and all these reps this season, Zach, turn out to be, you know, little bricks in the wall that add up and he can build on that and, and use 2021 to be the pop guy, right? Like uh, who was it? Colin Cowherd said he's going to be the pop guy in 2020. Well, maybe that's 2021. And if that happens, maybe John Elway, depending on ownership, can find a way to stick around in the front office. I think this was his coming out party. I I mean, those that are afflicted with uh, locked arrangement syndrome want to take away the Houston Texans game last year. They say, oh, well, uh, his performance, the upset, they didn't have any tape on him. He was a young quarterback. It was was luck. It was a flash in the pan. Whatever excuse they had, 
those don't fly in this game. I mean, again, it's only one victory. It was the Panthers who were in a playoff team. He still threw for four touchdowns. He almost had a perfect passer rating. The Broncos won because of his arm talent, because of what he did on the field. So, yes, in terms of being the Broncos QB for two seasons now, I think it was his best game by far in a Denver uniform, and for the most part, a coming-out party when, at this point, unlike last year in the Houston game, everyone counted him out. Everyone discarded him, even the NFL, not letting him play in a game, not letting the Broncos have a quarterback. This was to show, listen, guys, listen, NFL, listen, Goodell, listen, 31 other teams. We are legit. We have talent. We can make noise, and you will see. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Josh Ostrom jumping in. Thank you, Josh. Good to see you, my friend. He says, I think Denver should bench Lloyd Cushenberry and start Natani Muti. Put Glasgow or maybe Reisner at center. Just saying, Cush doesn't seem quite ready. I didn't see too many. I mean, the last couple of games, I'll be frank with you, dating back to the Dolphins game, I think Cushenberry has kind of turned a corner. Now, I'm not saying he's, you know, a uh, Pro Bowl level center these last few weeks, but like in terms of not being the, um, you know, the, the squeaky wheel, so to speak, not being the, the reason why a, a run play gets blown up or lock gets drilled or something, he's really turned it around. And I think that at this stage, you've already put in the blood, sweat, and tears with him. You, you walk the center desert, so to speak, like we've talked about in the past with the Broncos walking the quarterback desert and then finally reaching the oasis, you've you've put in the uh, suffering, right? Now it's time to right. reap the rewards as he appears to be kind of turning a corner. But, you know, Zach, if Cush wasn't playing a little bit better, as I think he has the last quarter of the season, I would be open to the idea. But even then, look, he's a rookie center. This is something Shermer has hammered on all through this season. 
is that, look, one of the positions rookie-wise that was most crushed by the lack of OTAs in preseason is the center. So if you're starting a rookie center, that guy is going to be just in a – he's just going to be in a bad situation. And I think Cushenberry, for the most part, has acquitted himself well considering the fact that he went straight from LSU to the NFL with a new quarterback, a new system, you know, playing against NFL-caliber D-lines. And now I think it's it's in retrospect he's benefited big time from his playing right away experience. I actually, yeah, I saw the opposite of what the question intimated there. I thought he was catching bodies on the field today, Chad. He was snatching souls and just imposing his will, especially in the running game. And you also have to factor in, it's tough enough being a rookie center in the NFL, losing your offseason, having no training camp and a truncated preseason. Uh, But then you also have Dalton Reisner at left guard next to him. He's had kind of a down year. He's picked it up lately, but very inconsistent. At right guard, who's he had? Glasgow, very inconsistent when he was on the field anyway. So he really has no boon on the left or right side of him. And combine that with the natural acclimation process, combine that with the three different quarterbacks they've played this year, all the injuries. I think Cushenberry has has been way more good than bad in year one. All right, we got one here from Eddie on Facebook. Everyone knows Ed Keating. He's a longtime listener. He's been a Super Chat superstar, has contributed in many ways to the support of MHH, let's just say over the last two football seasons. And so, Eddie, we, we appreciate you, my friend. And he says, hell of a game. My first Bronco game I went to, we got the win, lock balled out. Such a great game. Hey, man, congratulations to you. That's uh, that's a great way to break the ice. Shout out to Keith Cummings, one of the MHH writers that's in the, in the stream and just cranks out stories that just do very, very, very well. Uh, Jay Rapp jumping in on so on uh, Super Chat to say, the OC finally put Locke in good place. Locke not far, uh, forcing bombs, GG. Okay, I, I'm with you. Both, both uh, Shermer and Locke seem to take some steps forward today, Zach. Yeah, and you know, you praise Pat Shermer for calling the right game, but it's also worthy of Locke not always going for the deep ball. He played no hero ball today. It was the complete opposite of what we saw last week. He took what's available to him, and the shots down the field, it doesn't have to always be a 50-yard bomb. A long pass could be a 20-yard pass, a 30-yard pass like we saw today. So credit to both the coaching and the quarterbacking. Those things work well in harmony. All right, we've got one here from Mike Sorry that we got to reverse engineer. Sorry, sorry, we can't show your actual super, but the stream jumped you. We love you. We appreciate you, my friend. He says, great win. Locks, best game. Love the pod and the priests. Thank you. We love you too. What did Lindsay do to deserve all the inside runs? Get this man some outside runs. And hashtag pay Shelby. Yes. Shelby was, uh, it was a little bit more of a quiet game from Shelby. And again, thank you, Mike. Uh, but he did have this, the quintessential tip pass. You know, it's going to come week in, week out. And it's always in a clutch spot. <laughs> if not a third down and late in the game or when the Broncos have to have it, he's always getting his hand up. Even in a down performance, Shelby Harris still finds his way to impact the game and help the Broncos win. Hashtag pay Shelby all day. Uh, Christian jumping in, longtime listener, bona fide superstar. Just really appreciate your support and generosity, and it's just consistent. I mean, this is a cat that's DMing me on Twitter with big questions on, you know, what's going on with this topic on the Broncos, this issue. Very engaged and dedicated Broncos fan, so shout out to you, Christian. He says, I think we can all agree that we found our guy in lock for the long term after his monster performance. I'll just put, just for the sake of all the people right now that are saying, yeah, but to this this super chat, 
I'll just be that devil's advocate for a second. This was an encouraging step forward. This was an encouraging display of progress from one Drew Locke, Zach, but it's not definitive yet. He's still, it, to me, it's just more case in point on why he, he should get 2021. Exactly. But for the detractors and the haters out there, it's not an absolute performance that answers anything. And there's some truth to that. It doesn't answer anything once and for all, but it does more than anything provide evidence that the Broncos need to stay the course, continue to develop this kid, and they can perhaps reap the rewards. The only thing today proved is that it's an up and down process. The only thing that today proved was what Chad and I have been drilling into your guys' heads for three months now. You're going to see these good games. You're going to see the bad games. It's what's so with the young quarterback. But just as a, a loss or last week's game doesn't make Locke a bust, I'm a big Locke fan. Today didn't make him a franchise quarterback. Today still didn't allow me to say, okay, Drew, you get all of 21, no competition, no backup, no no reps, nothing. He still has to earn that, Chad, but he didn't take a step backward. He progressed forward today, and again, the Broncos won on the strength of what he can do. To me, that's the most encouraging. Chase Wellner, longtime listener with the super chat here. Appreciate you, Chase. He says, do you feel better about double dipping at wide receiver in the draft? I definitely feel better. Um, you know, I, I think – the only way we're going to get a, a real answer on whether that was the right decision is through 2020 vision in retrospect going, you know, three or four years into the future, you'll be able to look back and say, was that the right decision? I think at this point, seeing KJ Hamler produce some volume. Now this is the second game this year in which Hamler was a deciding clutch factor to the Broncos notching a win. And they only have five of them. So yes, it does get me closer to that for what it's worth. Um, my friend, but I'm still, you know, I still question whether or not that was the right decision, but I love Hamler. I think he's a stud. If they use him correctly, that's my preface with that. If they get Hamler involved in the game, he can be a game breaker on the Tyreek Hill spectrum. And and you pair that with Tim Patrick, who's phenomenal, Chad. I think he's proven uh, he can be a starting receiver on many other teams in the NFL. The Broncos were fortunate to have him as their, what, number four guy when everyone's healthy. So great player. When it all can work, Hamler can be a decoy for certain players, or he can be the main guy and take over a game. Great talent. Got to get him involved consistently. Jalen Isom jumping in on Super Chat. Thank you, Jalen, a name we don't recognize. So welcome. Welcome. Thank you. Connect with us on Twitter. Jalen says, three times this season, the Broncos score 30-plus points. First time in years. That just shows that the Broncos uh, can score if everything goes right. I think what it shows, Jalen, is that you know, they're, they're on the right path. There have been some bumps in the road, but they were not They were one of the teams in the NFL most inordinately impacted by the pandemic-influenced season, by the lack of reps in OTAs and preseason. Because they have a young quarterback, A, and B, because they brought in a new coordinator. And so, unsurprisingly, you're seeing with more time on task, they're, they're showing progress. It's just unfortunate, but you, no one should be too surprised by it. It's just unfortunate that it's coming so late in the game after really, yeah. you know, they've kind of lost their opportunity to to control whether or not they can make the playoffs. But again, when you add in or add up, I should say, all the personnel losses, I mean, frick, we could get, we could sit here for an hour talking about the loss of Von Miller and Jarrell Casey and Mike Purcell and Cortland Sutton and, you know, the corners. And I mean, just we could be here all day long. And so it's encouraging to see it. And I think it's it's more of a again, it's more evidence that they're on the right path. 
Yeah, it's 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 a testament, first of all. I mean, we, we blame Fangio for this when it doesn't go right, but Fangio had his guys ready to play today. He had his coaches on point, the right game plan in place. And what what if they can pick up a victory having without their best linebacker, without their best receiver, down their two cornerbacks, without their best defensive lineman. I mean, at some point, no matter who you're facing, it's a major handicap. And when they even or afloat when they're even competitive, it's worthy of praise. When you win a game like today, when you're down Cortland Sutton, when you're down Noah Fant, when you're missing your starting tackles, when one of your running backs doesn't have a great game and Phillip Lindsay, what did Locke do? What did the Broncos do? They rose to the occasion. They didn't play down to the Panthers. They didn't throw their hands up. They didn't quit. They didn't wave the white flag. This was a quality win for four quarters. And yeah, you can say, woulda, coulda, shoulda, or what if, or, you know, it sucks. It's so late now, but better late than never, guys. We're seeing what the coaching staff can do with their potential. We're seeing what the players can do playing to their potential. And maybe this year is already kind of a wash, but next year going forward, that's what's important. The future of the Broncos. And I think we're discovering who's a part of that. Dion on Facebook says, how can there be so much negativity after a win with Locke balling? Broncos country confuses me sometimes. Yeah. Well, Broncos country is a little bit traumatized right now, to be fair, Zach. It's also, not to make this like a human rights issue, but it's the state of society. People are just not pleased no matter what. I'm not saying everyone, but there's a sect of people, Chad, in sports and politics and life that are just not happy no matter what. Law could have thrown for a 1,000 yards today and thrown for 10 touchdowns, and it wouldn't have been enough. There's some people who just revel in misery. And you know what? Let them hate. Black Knight wants to know on Twitch, what is what's the news on the injuries we don't know. We went live immediately following the game. So when we go live like this, gut reaction immediately following the game, we uh, forego being in the Zooms and seeing what the, the reports are on the injuries. So we'll have a report on that at milehighhuddle.com following uh, this live stream. There will be some some articles covering all that. So stick with us and, and check back on the site. Uh, Safe Shield security screens and doors jumping in on Super Chat. Now, this is a name we've seen before. Hit and miss comes in and out. Really appreciate your support. Uh, safe shield security can Anderson replace Wilkinson as the swing tackle going forward yes Wilkinson's about to be a free agent I think it's I would say it's like 70 30 chance he's going to be gone someone else will take him and say hey he can play some right guard he can be a backup swing guy and he'll probably find more money out there than the Broncos are going to be willing to pay him so yeah I think Anderson is showing some some positive um signs that he can be a, a swing guy because he's now started two games this year. One was at right tackle. One was at left Zach. So that's definition of, of swing. And honestly, no surprise. He played better as the left tackle because that's where most of his reps have come uh, in practice. Can we start a GoFundMe to get Wilkinson a contract from another team? Just so he's gone next year and the Broncos can't bring him back. I mean, I'll take anyone over Wilkinson as a swing guy. But you know what? Calvin Anderson, of the Jake Rogers and the Schlopmans and of those developmental guys, he's really stepped up. And there's a reason why Mike Munchak seems to make Calvin Anderson his pet project. I was very impressed today. It's not easy against any defense on short notice to play left tackle with an inconsistent quarterback, his blind side, and he did very well. So, yes. I would happily take Calvin over Wilkinson as the swing guy. But, Chad, I would take you over Wilkinson as a swing guy. Heck, yeah. Watch me go out there and pop an Achilles on snap <laughs> one, get, get a concussion. Collect your uh, injury settlement and bounce. <laughs> hey, fair point. Isaiah, 1127, one of the superstars in our community, jumping in. Good to see you, Isaiah. 
He says, I was impressed by Locke's decision-making today and the checkdowns. Big kudos. Also, happy for Bosby to make that last pass breakup. Hashtag MHH fam. Yeah, that was on both points. You're 100% correct, Isaiah. And, you know, that's something we wanted to see as a token or a sign of Locke's development is taking what the defense gives him too much, too many times this year. And and often in those situations, it's a turnover where you see him force the ball into a crappy read, a crappy situation, he gets picked off. And then you look at the film and you're like, there's three guys underneath wide open. Why are you trucking it, you know, 25 yards downfield into double coverage? We saw him not do that, A, this this week, and then also, B, taking what the defense gets. But does it seem like to anyone else that it was drilled into Locke's head by Pat Shermer or maybe Vic Fangio not to play hero ball this week? I mean, he didn't really take any chances where I'm like, oh, Drew, no, why did you throw that? I think most of his passes were decent reads, if not good reads, and he took what's available to him. So again, credit to Pat Shermer, credit to Locke. Uh, both of them, they've been the culprits this season, and today they were the heroes, not the goats for once. All right, we got Corey H. jumping in. Appreciate you, Corey. It's good to see you, my friend, a bona fide superstar. He says, the key here is not to get too high or low. Let's just let him play it out, talking about Locke. But this game was still mismanaged at the end with bad play calls. Very concerning. Hmm. I think he's talking about offense, right? That last possession on the goal line after – I mean, by the way, kudos to the Panthers. Credit them for that kind of psyching the Broncos out. Are they going to do an onside kick after the final touchdown? Great kick. Water got, you know, and then they end up pooching it. Perfect Great. kick, man. That sly, that dude is sly uh, and, you know, forced Deontay Spencer to have to return it when it just stopped on the freaking one or the two. And that was just a phenomenally executed special teams play that made me a little bit peanut butter and jelly uh, considering the Broncos struggles on specials. You know, the comment does bring up a good point. Uh, those the, the play calls that came after that punt, it was two Lindsay runs up the middle. And then on third down, it was a shotgun pass from their goal line or their end zone. And Gordon caught it in the end zone, Chad, and almost got tackled for his safety. It's like, drop the ball, dude. You're good. The Broncos will punt. Live to fight another down. It could have been disastrous. I agree the Broncos kind of... Got a little complacent toward the end, but the Panthers get paid too. They turned it up. It wasn't enough, though. Locke did enough. The Broncos did enough. Denver victory. All right, guys. We're starting to wind it down for today, but we have a few superstars that we cannot uh, <laughs> leave out in the cold. Pickle Ian jumping in again. Thank you, Ian. Leave Coastal Carolina out of this, Kelberman. Just saying. Oh, Just saying, guys. I don't care the opponent. You know, a win is a win is a win in this league, and I'm never apologizing for him, ever. All right, we've also got one here from – now we can't show his his phenomenal uh, YouTube profile pic, but MHH male model, Muhammad Badri jumping in with the super. It's, the stream jumped you, so I can't grab the card, but Muhammad, we love you, my friend. Appreciate your support. He says, great win. Go Broncos. Shout out to MHH rock stars, Chad Zach, and Dub Beast. Appreciate you, Muhammad. And, yeah, John, you know, he does a lot behind the scenes, man, to – to make this production what you guys see on a, on a day-in, day-out basis. So shout-out to, to Johnny Baby. Follow him at John KMHH on Twitter. Um, we also have one here from Murphy Bros Collectibles that I can't uh, grab the card, but I can do a reverse engineer. i got to grab this real quick. We don't leave anyone out in the cold as it relates to our superstars here on a live stream. Oh, you got it, John. Throw them up. What do we got here? Some He-Man action figures. We got some uh, Darth Vader 
Rad. That's cool, man. Maybe you're a child of the 80s like like myself. Appreciate your support. Reach out and connect with us on Twitter, Murphy Bros. Love you guys. Great stuff. Keep it going, says Murphy Bros. Thanks, my friend. Much Appreciate love to you as well. Uh, we've got an ex- – oh, let me get that one off. we got an extremely generous super from Dale. Dale. This is a the goat. longtime MHH supporter, wow. big-time Broncos fan in paradise across the, the Pacific out there in Hawaii. Dale, sometimes, man, you just – you. You leave us speechless. So yeah. all we can say thank to you, you is, is thank you. And I hope you understand how much this this kind of support, it really does help us and allow us to continue this content, coming up with new ways to give you guys Broncos coverage and content with the MHH uh, brand. So thank you, Dale. He says, great win. One thing becoming evident is the plethora of receiving talent on this roster. Tim Patrick has been exposed to our benefit. 40 catches, 600 yards, five touchdowns. This all with the quarterback challenge situations this season. Going to be interesting going forward. GG. Appreciate that, my friend. Um, And, yeah, it is an embarrassment of riches. Cortland will be back. Then you got Jerry in a year two situation. Hamler in a year two situation. Timmy P, though, going to be a free agent. What do you think happens there? Oh, I'm I'm looking to resign him. Uh, you know, I know you've invested uh, draft picks in Sutton, Judy, Hamler. You got to pay them eventually. But Tim Patrick is a guy. The Broncos had eleven Patricks on both sides of the ball. They'd have a much better record. I mean, the guy is a phenomenal talent. Like I mentioned, he would start on twenty other NFL teams as a wide receiver too. He's Cortland Sutton light. Always gives it every single week. Tremendous chemistry with any quarterback he's worked with uh, in his short time in Denver. Always balls out. Sure hands. Huge Timmy P fan. Huge, huge fan. Love the guy. And for what it's worth, too, Dale, uh, he's going to be a restricted free agent, is Tim Patrick. So the Broncos will tender him. It's just a question of at what level. They might be wise to – well, I'm trying to think of how this might work process-wise. If they tag him and trade him, that might actually be quite to the team's benefit if if it can work out that way. Because I'm not saying get rid of him. I love Timmy P. He's been – again – He's a burgeoning number one wide receiver in the league. And it's phenomenal to see because he's only three, four years out of going undrafted out of Utah. And he steps into the gap to where you expected Jerry Judy to be that number one this year. And it's been Timmy P. So I think the Broncos will probably tag him at the second round level and probably look to trade him. I'm not saying that I'm not reporting this. This is just me uh, speculating. See what kind of bites they can get Mm -hmm. out there. And Isaiah jumps in again, Zach, and then I'll serve this over to you. Nobody talking about Spencer's big time return. We did, but then we talked about McManus missing the extra point, and then he missed another one. It's like, come on, Brandon, got to be better than that. You're talking so much. You're a highly paid kicker. Can't miss the extra points. In terms of Tim Patrick, though, you know what? If they tender him at the second-round level and they get a bite on him, it's going to be tough turning down a second-round pick when you have uh, you're loaded a receiver already. But I don't know the numbers. I'm thinking to myself, if they tender him at that cost, is it, what, three, four, five mil? For next season, like three and a half. If it's a second round tender, I want to say. So, I mean, in that sense, you're paying Tim Patrick three million bucks. That is chump change for what he brings to the table. I would almost venture to say, if you're dead set on keeping him, even a first round tender, that's a, a little more. It's still a better deal than resigning him to a multi year contract. But he's earned it. Love the guy, big fan. Rello Takeover jumping in, a name we don't recognize, and welcome, my friend. Thank you, appreciate the support. And by the way, John, before I grab Rello here. We got two from BG. One's one's uh, a little bit before Rello, and then one after. 
But Rello says, Broncos have so much potential. The coaches have to make the right plays. Half of games are lost by coach decision. I agree. I agree. The Broncos do have a lot of potential. You know, there's there's a part of me that's always going to wonder, like, if you – because so much of player success coming out of college and going to the league, especially on the offensive side, Zach, is dictated by landing in the right situation with the right coaches. And I'm always going to wonder what could have been if Drew Locke, you know, keeps Rich Scangarello in year two, or if he, you know, what what could have been if it's a different offensive-minded head coach. But that's what a shoulda, never going to know. The Broncos have what they have. It's Vic Fangio, it's Pat Shermer, it's Mike Shula. And what we all need to focus on, I think, at this stage is that when the chips are down and everyone's kind of writing the Broncos off offensively, you saw them take a massive step forward after a game in which they played the Chiefs hella tight. Now, no moral victories in the NFL, for sure. That goes without saying. But this is two weeks in a row where there have been signs of optimism, reason for, you know, being excited. You can't look to the past and fixate on that and worry over that and woulda, coulda, shoulda. It's just mental masturbation. You have to think about the present and the future. And for at least today, for at least the next 24 hours, the future looks pretty bright. If you want to celebrate the victory and take that 24-hour rule, the Broncos are coming off an impressive, offensive-driven victory led by their young quarterback, led by the Broncos calling the right plays for them and having a good game plan. This is for the future now. And if they can convert this over the course of the remaining games into 2021, that is what I'm excited about, not what could have been this year. BG, longtime listener, bona fide superstar. He's a guy that's up there on our Mount Rushmore. He's been with us since day one. Appreciate the super chat, my friend. He says, was Fant out for this game? Uh, I like what I saw from the stats and the highlights. Uh, Fant started this game and then exited early. Apparently he's sick, and we don't know for sure. Maybe there's been additional insight with Fangio at the podium. I'm guessing it's something similar to what Bowles has that kept him out of yeah. this uh, out of this game. So, yeah, Fant was out. But, Zach, as I serve this over to you, uh, in his stead, you saw Troy Fumagalli, Nick Vanette, and – no, just those two. But still, uh, come up with eight receptions for 73 yards and a touchdown combined. That's wild. In 2020, the Broncos' leading receivers, at least, you know, combined, were Nick Vanette and Troy Fumagalli. But you know what? Credit words do. Again, Shermer had the game plan to target the tight ends, even through some screen passes, quick hitters, high percentage uh, uh, plays to locks, check down, safety valves. Can't hate. Steve Baumgartner jumping in, one of our superstars, been helping us out in the YouTube chat stream as a moderator. Good to see you, my friend. Appreciate you. He says, hey, guys, great game today. Yeah, yes, it's fun sir. celebrating a win. I mean, this is they've been few and far between. Broncos now have five on the season. They're sitting here at five and eight. And, you know, if they win out, take it one game at a time. But if they win out, they forestall what would be a fourth consecutive losing season. Yeah, it's you got to take away the positives. If you focus on and obsess about the negatives in a loss, you got to take away and obsess about the positives. And there were many today, Chad, in this game. All right. So I'm going to do, I have to do a reverse engineer, I think, here on. Black Knight jumping in on Super Chat. He's on Twitch. Then he jumps over on Super or on YouTube just so that he can Super Chat because he's that kind of a guy. Jeremy, much love to you, my friend. And it's going to cut off his his comment here. So I'm going to I'm going to show it and then I'm going to read it from from the back end. He says, "Our OC still needs to be shown the door. I don't trust him to get the most out of Locke. We need a better OC to get the most out of the young offense and Locke." Also, any news on the injuries? Yeah, not sure on the injuries yet, my friend, but 
Zach, and again, thank you, Jeremy. On the topic of Shermer in the future, are you still feeling how you've basically felt through most of the season where you're more inclined to, to show Shermer the door and bring someone else in or ride this thing out? I'm I'm inclined to ride it out like I always was and judge Locke and judge Shermer at the end of the year when I have all the facts, all the games, all the stats in front of me, and I can form my opinion based on what I saw. Today was encouraging. I'm not going to lie. I think but far and away, the bar is not very high, but Shermer had a great game plan, great situational play calling. Pretty much everything I've crapped on him for in previous weeks, he he went against today and actually improved on. I'm not willing to say he's the future for 2021, and I'm not willing to say the Broncos should fire him and get a new coordinator. I want to see these next three games play out or whatever the Broncos have left quarter-wise, and if he can string together consistent offensive production. Same with Locke. All right, we got a handful left here, but Zach, we are running short of precious time, so we really have to rapid-fire these remaining super uh, super chats. From yeah. Kenneth, love you, buddy. He says, who do we resign, Deshaun Williams, Devontae Bosby, or Dotson? I say you resign them all. I, I really <laughs> do, especially Bosby and Dotson. I, hey, much love to Deshaun, big Deshaun Williams, but in terms of abject needs, I'm going Bosby, and I'm bringing Dotson back. If he'll take two years, $6 million, I'm doing that. My first order of business this offseason along the defensive line is cutting Jarrell Casey, paying Shelby, and re-signing Demarcus Walker. I'm okay with Deshaun Williams, but he's kind of just there. If he wants to come back for a cheap deal, he's not going to be a priority. Demar Dotson, for sure, he can be a great backup or a pinch starter. He's been solid. He knows the scheme. He should come back regardless of what happens with Jawan James and Bosby. We can want him, but I don't think the Broncos are that high on him. He's making plays. Maybe with a solid end to his ear, he'll get a new contract, but I'm not that sure. Based on what we see. I just don't know what it is. What yeah. Bosby has done. Did he pee in someone's Cheerios in that coach? I don't know. But he play, all, all we do know is he makes plays when his numbers Maybe call. that's why Bowles was sick, Chad. He peed in the Cheerios. <laughs> Maybe. The fan got sick. Yeah. BG off the top rope, man. This is just very uh, impressive. We appreciate you, Brian. Seriously. Thank much you, love Brian. to you, my friend. Uh, and this is the man that owns the MHH all-time record for the biggest individual super chat in a in a live stream. And this is just very generous, passionate, outgoing supporter of MHH and the Denver Broncos. He says, if we had 2013 Peyton Manning with this team healthy, how many records would be broken with all these receivers and two damn good tight ends? He didn't have this these kind of weapons and still broke all kind of records. I don't think he ever had this kind of offensive weapons. Uh, I would disagree with you on that, my friend. He had DT in his prime, Eric Decker in his prime, Julius Thomas in his prime. And, yes, he made them – he helped develop them into what they were because when he he showed up here in 2012, you know, those were two guys that still had never even had a 1,000-yard season. And and Julius Thomas, you know, he hadn't even played yet in the NFL, even though he entered the league the year prior. So a lot of credit to Peyton for helping those young guys develop, but they were talent. They were studs. You know, DT was a first-round pick. Decker was a third-round pick. Julius Thomas was a mid-round pick. But then you go beyond uh, Julius. You go beyond uh, even Decker. You get Emmanuel Sanders. You get Wes Welker, right? You get – I mean, he just – he had weapons. Now, maybe not the youth the Broncos currently have at those similar positions, but I would pick a bone with you on that, BG. Plus a better offensive line. And because he was so transcendent, he was his own coach. So he had better coaching than what Locke has been given so far, I think, in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, Peyton's Peyton, though. You can't really compare anyone, even Mahomes, to Peyton Manning. He's in his own category. If Locke can just be Drew Locke and improve upon this game, that's all we want. That's all we're asking for. All right. We got Dale Rude jumping in here. And just FYI, John, we got 
I am Supreme, Black Knight again, and Carlos. And then I've got Juan G. And then from there, we got two more, and I think we're out. So Dale Rude jumping in to say, thank you, Dale, by the way. He says, I've seen some, uh, I've seen good progression with Drew the last couple games and the OC. Good play calling. Hashtag coach to your players' strength. Yes. And hey, you know what? I would actually dial it back to the Miami game in terms of OC showing progress. So I would say, you know, you got to take out that Saints game. It was just an outlier, it was a forgettable. You, you can draw nothing from that. The last three meaningful games, when it was a legit, you had a quarterback, let's just put it that way. Shermer showed progress. I would even venture to say in the Chargers game, in the fourth quarter anyway, he showed progress and, and Locke can adapt to different plays and different environments and circumstances. But yeah, I mean, I, I, Shermer hasn't been a thousand percent terrible this year. He's done good things in, in spurts, in pockets. The only thing is, and the same thing the Locke haters are saying, they want to see that consistently. Well, so do I. I want to see him next week against a better team overall call the same kind of game, have the same kind of game plan, do your homework, and maximize lock strengths. That is Pat Schirmer's sole job, Chad, and he finally uh, executed it correctly today. We got a super sticker from MHH male model, Muhammad Badri. Thank you, my friend. Thank really you. appreciate you. Uh, seriously, much love to you, my friend. Means means the world to us. Is that the only super sticker, John? I think it is, right? So let's grab Juan G real quick here. He says, I seen Drew get to his third and second reads under a collapsing pocket. Look, they grow up fast. Love you guys. Never stop. Thank you, Juan. You've been you've been anytime I see you in the stream, Juan, you've you've shown us some love. So yeah. we appreciate you, my friend. And he was, Chad. He was going through his reads and 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 not playing hero ball and not forcing things. And again, a credit to him. And it seems like the, the coaching staff drilled into his head. So it's big time progress. All right, we're almost out of time here, but we got Stu Meat jumping in with a super sticker. Got the emoji there. Very nice. Appreciate you, my Thank friend. You. Stu Meat loves the super stickers, and it's we love it too, my friend. Thank you for the support. It means the world to us. John, do you have I Am Supreme? If not, I'll throw them up right now on, on the back, back end. Um, let me see. Let me get it pasted in here. Let me just grab him. Uh, Thank you, I Am Supreme 22. He says uh, – Drew Locke with the early Christmas gift. Let's go. And there it is. There's his actual super. Amen, my friend. Yeah. I mean, and, you know, I was, the stakes for me as, as, as a child of the 80s who grew up with three amigos posters on my wall and Elway and all this, you know, it's kind of worn off as when, when you're grinding and, and uh, you know, media and whatnot. But hey, I love, I'd much rather celebrate Zach as media. I'd much rather cover a win than a loss. My birthday was on Friday, and so, hey, I'll take that as a belated birthday gift as well. Right. Never apologize for a victory, guys. But when the question, when I read it, I thought we're talking about Andrew Luck because he's supposedly there. I got confused. I'm like, no, he's not. That wouldn't be a Christmas gift. Let's focus on Luck for now. John, do you have Black Knight's other one and Carlos? Um, There he is. Appreciate you, my friend. Jeremy, your stud. He says, oh, yeah, just to throw this out there, Twitch and YouTube – Name picking is very odd. Oh, well. Yeah, so on YouTube, it's Black Knight 232. On Twitch, it's Black Knight 323, I want to say. But, yeah, very, very interesting. Um, What about Carlos? Do we have Carlos? I don't want to skip Carlos. There he is. Carnalitos from Carlos Oliva. Appreciate you, my friend. (laughs) El Laco played well. Nice win. On to Buffalo. I like that. Maybe we need to put a shirt up. El Laco. (laughs) El Horse Blank Laco. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> El Horso. 
Um, did we get this one? I believe, yeah. We did We did get this one. Yep, we got this one from – all right, let me see. Uh, Juan, okay, I think I've got Murphy, and I think we're out of here. Let me grab Murphy. Let me find Murphy here. Bear with me. There he is with another super. Wow, that's two today. Thank you, my friend. Uh, do you think Vaughn? Whoops. Do you think Von Miller is going to be expendable? Man, that's a deep question. My gut is all in for 2021 is John Elway. So I think that um, they'll. My my guess. This is pure spitball here, Zach. Broncos will approach Vaughn about restructuring and giving him New Year's on his deal more money if he'll take some cap off 2021. You know, and they can sell it as, hey, you know, it's not just taking a pay cut. This isn't Peyton Manning 2015 going from 15, right. 19 million to 15 million. This is Vaughn in an extension, and then it lowers the cap hit for 2021. But I think John Elway wants to, if if 2021 ends up being his swan song, he wants to go out with the, you know, with his boys. And Vaughn's most certainly one of Elway's boys. Am I naive or unrealistic to think that Vaughn's going to return no matter what next year? I mean, pay cut or no pay cut, they can they can create cap space by releasing at least three guys: Boye, Jarrell Casey, and um, Kareem Jackson for like thirty five million in combined salary cap space with negligible dead money. You have Joe Flacco's dead money coming off the books next season. They're going to have cap room. They don't have to restructure Vaughn to create cap space if he go if he's you know amenable to it. Fine. But I wouldn't try to create bad blood where there's not. I do think Vaughn comes back next season regardless. He might come back this season for what it's worth. They got this win. Mm-hmm. He's been in practice. He's running sure. and jumping on that ankle. Don't be shocked. Mark Anthony, Ignacio jumping in. Thank you, Mark. Haven't been too happy with Locke this year, but show progression for the rest of the year, and I'll be happy to give him another year drink. Yeah, cheers to you, my friend. And I totally understand it. I really do. A BG jumping in again. Appreciate you, my friend. He says, speaking of OCs, you guys give me OCD from the Super Chats jumping. OMG, LOL. Hey, man, uh, we wish there was a, another way to we, – we wish there was a way to avoid that, but the what we use for our, our stream service, StreamYard, which is a phenomenal uh, service, by the way, uh, the, the, when it's a really busy chat, uh, it just jumps, and we can't go back up to grab it, click on it, and show it, so we have to come up with other other things. And then he says – BG, again, thank you. Sorry, I don't think DT can hold Cortland Sutton's jockstrap. Sutton can catch the ball, and Decker is not better than Judy or Hamler, in my opinion, and Fant and Alberto possibly as good or better than Julius. All right, so I don't think it's too subjective. I think he's got a fair point on all this stuff, but I'm going to take at this stage the production over the potential. Right, exactly. I, you know, I, I thought that Cortland Sutton will go down or could go down as the best receiver in Broncos history, better than DT, better than Rod Smith, and uh, it still could happen starting next season. The rest of those, though, listen, as enticing as Judy and Hamler are, their potential, they're not realized yet. Eric Decker was a very, very, very solid wide receiver, too, in the NFL for many years. I mean, Judy and Hamler will both probably tell you they have a ways to go before they get to that level, but it's they're on the way. All right, guys, that's going to do it for tonight's episode. The gut reaction of the Huddle Up podcast coming out of your Denver Broncos 32-27 road win over the Carolina Panthers. Enjoy this one. You know, relish in it. Soak it up. Have a great week. In the meantime, follow the podcast on Twitter at Huddle Up Pod and at Mile High Huddle. My partner, Zach Kelberman, at Kelberman NFL. Myself, at Chad and Jensen. Our producer, John Kate, great Twitter follow. Trust, 
at John K M H H. And then gang, another gentle reminder, go get your 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. Get yourself that stocking stuffer using the code huddle. And then also you want to make sure you get that 100% risk-free week of sports betting at sportsbetting.com up to a thousand bucks, but you got to use sportsbetting.com slash mile high huddle and reach out to us again, guys. This is a reminder. If you have created an account at sportsbetting.com and you've been using it, reach out to us because you will be entered into the drawing, the giveaway that we're going to uh, do tomorrow night on Monday night show. But in the meantime, Zach, we're, we're, uh, we got a a lot of written content to cover and get some videos up and some other things, but uh, we'll see you tomorrow night, 6 PM mountain, 8 PM Eastern. We'll be able to let our hair down, as you like to say, Chad. But more importantly, Broncos country, it's been a long season. It's been a long year. It's been a long month, whatever. Enjoy the victory. It was a quality four-quarter win for Denver. Arguably the Broncos first this season. Locke played well. Things are looking up. Revel in it. Enjoy it. We'll see you tomorrow. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 